Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients. That way you know exactly what's going into your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And I suggest checking out the chocolate Naked Whey protein powder. Right now you can get 10% off your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code POD. That's 10% off using the code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. Country Podcast. My name is Joey, and as always, I am joined by... Hey man, it's Chris over here. What's going on, Joey? Hey my man, not much. Uh, just hanging out and ready to enjoy some time off work for this holiday. How, how about That's yourself? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get this long weekend started. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, guys, welcome back. Episode 9 of the Bro Country Podcast. We're going to go ahead and jump into our News Out of Nashville segment, and uh, after that on today's episode, we're just going to really be talking about some of the history of Nashville and why it's called Music City USA. And then we're just going to talk about some of our uh, favorite experiences that we've had on our visits to Nashville and uh, go from there. So to kick things yeah. off uh, for our news on Nashville this week, uh, country music world lost an icon and how catch him. Um, you may know him as the singer on the song, small town Saturday night. Um, he recently passed due to complications from dementia. So prayers and thoughts go out to his friends and family. I'm definitely a sad loss there. Yeah, I mean it's uh that's that's one of those that's one of those nineties songs. I mean, he had a bunch of other songs too, but mm. he I don't want to call him a one hit wonder because he because he was not. I mean he was a member of the Grand Ole Opry. He had multiple uh, top ten hits, but when you think of how catch him, you think of Small Town Saturday night, and that's still a song that gets played all the time on, on radio and it's just it's just kind of a quintessential nineties song. Um, and it's just it's it's sad to lose him. It's been a it's been a tough year for country music, man. Yeah, man. A lot of big names have uh, passed this year, unfortunately. So definitely hate to hear that. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, some good news this week. Morgan Wallen was invited back to Saturday Night Live to perform on December fifth. So that's pretty exciting for Morgan with everything that he was going through and how they kind of canceled his appearance a, a, what about a month ago now or so. Yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't make him wait very long. I'm sure. Um, you know, I mean I've heard interviews before. I mean they they do not book Saturday Night Live very far in advance because they want people that are like hot in the moment. So, you know, I mean it's you know I, mean, I, I remember reading an interview with Luke when he was booked and they literally asked him a week and a half before before the show. I mean, yeah. So you know I'm I'm sure that whenever whenever it all went down with Morgan, you know, last month they probably told him you know. You know, be ready, and uh, you know you're gonna get a you're gonna get another shot quick. So I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, especially. I mean, I think it was mostly just due to him after that college football game. You know, not social distancing, not wearing a mask at those parties and bars and stuff. So they were just more concerned about you know spreading the the coronavirus. So they probably just gave him some time to get through the whatever the quarantine time of 14 days and then some or whatever, and have him back on. So that's great that he gets that opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome for him, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a big moment. It's kind of like a you made it moment for artists to get invited to SNL, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, abs- absolutely, man. But yeah, uh, the Grammy nominations came out a couple days ago. Um, and the Grammys are scheduled to air on January 31st of 2021. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about the nominees? Yeah, I mean the the Grammy Grammy nominees, Grammy Grammy awards for country music, they're always um, it's kind of, they're always very different than the CMAs and the ACMs. I mean, it's a it's an entirely different body of people that are voting on the awards, and it's more like um, industry music people, not necessarily Nashville people voting on them. So, I mean, some of the biggest acts ever. I mean, George, George Strait, he only has two Grammys. Kenny Chesney's never won a Grammy. They're, they're always really hard to predict, and it's not any different this year. I mean, you know, the... Um, the best country album at the Grammys. All five of them are from female acts. It's a Little Big Town, Miranda Lambert, Ashley McBride, Ingrid Andrus, and Brandy Clark. So you got some wow. huge, huge albums that were that were overlooked. I mean, obviously Luke's album was overlooked. 
Um, John Party's album was overlooked. And if you go to um, Best Country Solo Performance, which is essentially you know Country Song of the Year, our guy Eric, uh, Eric Church, stick that in your country song. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. But then um, Bluebird by Miranda. But the nice. other three are not mainstream songs. They were not hits. Um, Who You Thought I Was by Brandy Clark. Um, when My Amy Prays, which is a song by Vince Gill for his wife, Amy Grant, which I've, I've heard Vince perform a couple times, but obviously that's not, it's not, it wasn't a big hit. And then Black Like Me by Mickey Guyton, which I think this is, um, from what I read, maybe the first solo um, nomination ever for a black female. So um, That's incredible. Yeah, it is. It is incredible. I would, awesome. I would, you know. Vince has got by far the most Grammys for any country artist, like twice as many Grammys as any other art, country artist of all time. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he won. It's They're always really hard to predict, but it's re, it's really cool to see Eric get a nomination there because he's really, uh, he's about the only male mainstream artist that got a nomination this year. Yeah, that's incredible, and what a fitting song to be nominated <laughs> at the Grammys. Yeah, I mean, that shows you <laughs> the people that are voting for the Grammys. I can't imagine that the Nashville insiders are going to give Eric much love for a song that, you know, in in a, in a lot of interpretations, are kind of you know he's kind of not not bashing Nashville, but you know taking uh, shots of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Typical Eric, though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see uh, who takes those home. So that'll be great to tune into. That. Yeah, and Eric might. It wouldn't surprise me if Eric gets a. Uh, if he gets a performance slot, they usually only have two or three country artists perform on the Grammys. Um, so it would not surprise me if Eric, Eric gets to perform on the Grammys. That'll, that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch. That would be sweet. Absolutely. But uh, getting into the charts over the past week, man, what those look like? Yeah. I mean, this was a, this was um, a big, a big week for the charts. I mean, Stapleton's album debuted at number one. He did almost 103,000 equivalent units. I think it's only the third album in the last two and a half years that have done at least 100,000 in a week. Uh, you know, as we've talked before, Stapleton, he always does good with, with albums. I mean, Traveler, I think, is number seven on the chart this week, and it's been out five years. That's so he's he, insane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, Morgan's uh, More Than My Hometown is, is the number one song at radio this week, and I think they're going to – they're going to move on quick from it because Seven Summers is already climbing the radio chart. So you you know they'll they'll probably stop pushing that one, which you, know, you and I know we both love more than my hometown. It's it's probably my favorite of the of the uh, Morgan songs that have that have came out in the last you know three or four months. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a great song. Yeah, it, it really reminds me of a. It kind of reminds me of a um, um, something that uh, Tim McGraw would have cut back in the back in the mid to late 90s. I don't know. There's just there's a vibe to it that, that um, I, re- I really like. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I like yeah. that. I didn't think of it that way, but now that you mention it, absolutely. And then the, um, they're not official yet, but Billboard, they've, they, uh, there was an article this week that announced kind of the year-end awards, and uh, obviously Luke's album, What You See Ain't Always What You Get, will be the top Billboard album for the year, and Morgan Wallen's Chasing You will be the uh, number one song at radio for the year. And the Billboard Artist of the Year will be Luke, back to back years. Which it's it's been a while since since a country artist was Billboard's number one artist for uh, two years in a row. But Luke's going to take it uh, this year. I would I'm guessing right now Morgan's going to take it next year because because the the, uh, the double album that's dropping in January. But but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see. But that's awesome for Luke. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, man. He's just like the biggest thing in country music right now, as we've talked about multiple times on the show. Yep. But just to see him keep like putting up uh, accolades and stats like this is just monumental for him. So awesome. But but yeah, that's our uh, short little recap on our news out of Nashville segment. Yeah, week. not as much going on this week probably as the as the last couple of weeks that we covered. Yeah, it was kind of a slow week, so not much, but some good stuff going on nonetheless. But. To kind of move on to the uh, the meat of the episode and just kind of talk a little bit about Nashville and um, the roots of Nashville and why it's known as Music City and, um, again, kind of our first experiences in Nashville and some of our favorite moments. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I mean, you know, when you think of country music, you think of Nashville. So, I mean, there's you can't really separate the two. Nashville is country music. 
Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, this, it's, you know, as we're getting ready to get into, it's just such a cool place. So much history, so much going on. It's just, uh, it's an awesome city. It's probably, it's probably my favorite city. If I, if I had to, if I had to, uh, pick one city. I, I would put it in the top three places I've visited for sure. Maybe, maybe yeah, me, top too, two. Me. And, and that's yeah. only because I've been to Boston. And, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a huge Patriots fan, so <laughs> Going to Foxborough in Boston was pretty cool, but yeah, you 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 are a super Patriots fan. You are a dedicated <laughs> fan. It's been an interesting season, but uh, we we won't get into that. <laughs> we we miss Tom Brady, that's for sure. But that's right, man. Um, but yeah, I did some research, just kind of on the roots of Nashville, and you know why it's known as Music City USA. And I found a source as NashvilleMLS.com, an article by Gary Ashton that he wrote last year in 2019, and. It just kind of went over the fact that Tennessee's been known for instruments and music all the way back to the 1700s, mostly the fiddle. So when they actually settled the city, there was like a big celebration with buck dancing and fiddle tunes. And uh, Davy Crockett was actually the first celebrity to appear there and play the fiddle as well. Oh, that's cool. So that, that was an interesting fun fact that I found that I didn't know. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but it really, you know, Nashville really started to be recognized for music around 1824 when the hymnal Western Harmony was published out of Nashville. And then in the late 1800s when the Ryman Auditorium was built and became a very popular venue due to the centralized location and just the natural acoustics that the Ryman has. So that was kind of when they really got known, um, you know, for being related to music, especially country music. Yeah, Absolutely. But uh, in 1925, WSM chose Nashville and the Ryman as the location for the Grand Old Opry show, which, for those of you that don't know, is the oldest live-running radio show in existence. So that was another kind of just pivotal point in the history of Nashville and its connection to country music. And I'm um, in 1950, uh, WSM announcer David Cobb dubbed Nashville City as uh, Music City USA, and it just kind of stuck. But... Something that, you know, is very interesting, kind of like what you were mentioning, you think of Nashville and you automatically think country music. But there are so many different artists of different genres that go there to make it, so to speak. You know, there's uh, people that play R&B, jazz, rock, gospel that move to Nashville to try to make a life in music. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so yeah, cool. It's the... It's where most, almost all the Christian music is recorded in Nashville, obviously country music. You know, I was looking earlier today, the majority of Elvis's... Uh, recordings were done in Nashville you know most people think of Elvis in Memphis but most of his recording was done in Nashville yeah which is awesome just so much history and so many great artists that have came out of Nashville from all different walks of music you know absolutely and, uh, another you know another reason that it kind of was connected to Music City you know another fun fact I found that was pretty cool was um, back in the 1800s the Fisk Jubilee singers came from Nashville uh, Nashville's Fisk University and they were actually doing like an international tour around the world and the Queen of England heard them and it's said that she may have been the first person to call Nashville Music City because she made a comment that said the Fisk, excuse me, the Fisk Jubilee Singers came from the Music City. Oh, that's cool, man. When touring. So I thought that was pretty cool that the Queen of England kind of was the first person supposedly to call Nashville Music City. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Nashville's got so much history and so much musical history. It's been around for so long now that a lot of the stories are probably kind of like urban legend. It's hard to tell really where so much of it started from. And, uh, you know, there's so many different parts of Nashville uh, that are just so, in, like, just iconic. I mean, you know, we're getting ready to jump into a bunch of them. But, I mean, uh, Nashville, for, for anyone that loves country music, until you go there, you're not really going to understand just how much history is there. Absolutely. I mean, from the Grand Ole Opry House to the Ryman Auditorium, the Country Music Hall of Fame, uh, Tootsie's Bar, I mean, Bluebird Cafe. Yeah. Uh, Tin Roof. I mean, just so many uh, just historic places in town. So. But, yeah, absolutely. How, yeah. How, far, how far away from Nashville are you, Joey? How long does it take you to get there? About a five-hour drive. Yeah, I mean, my, I'm about, I'm probably about five and a half, six hours. So it's not, I mean, not it's you know, bad. it's not too bad. But you know, when I was a kid, Nashville felt really far away. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was, I think I was, uh, I was trying to think earlier today. I don't think I went to Nashville until, until I was 27 years old. 
So, I mean, somebody that loves country music like, like us, I mean, looking back, it's shocking to me that I didn't somehow make it to Nashville before I was 27 uh, years old. But what about, what about you? How, how old were you when you made it to Nashville for the first time? You know, it was just a couple of years ago. I was, uh, gosh, I'll be 29 next month. Was, oh, we were probably man, both 27. Yeah, I was like 26, I think, yeah. 26, almost 27 when I went because it was October of 2018. Yeah, that's so, wild, yeah, isn't it? it? Yeah, I was 26, so yeah, that's pretty ironic. We were about the same age when we went. That's cool. Absolutely, man. But, but speaking of the first time you went, uh, what was that experience like? What did you do while you were there? Any Anything related to country music? or? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the very first time that I went to Nashville, um, back in 2010, the uh, Na- Nashville, the city was flooded, like devastating floods. Like the, uh, the Opry House was completely flooded. Um, the uh, Opryland Hotel was completely flooded. Like lower lower Broadway was totally flooded, so um, actually uh, Garth Garth Brooks did a nine show set that December. Actually, I was looking up the dates because I was trying to remember, uh, but it was December sixteenth through twenty twenty uh, second two thousand ten. So right at ten years ago, and it was um, he had kind of came out of retirement. He was doing the Vegas show at the time, but he he had not put out any new music and he had not toured, you know, in a decade or longer. So. Um, I just remember, I can't, I can't really, I mean, it, I literally got tickets, like, uh, he put tickets on sale for these nine shows, like, two weeks before the shows, like, it was, it was literally just, like, a, a spur of the moment kind of thing, and uh, I can't even, I, I don't really remember how I found out about it, or how I got the tickets, um, but somehow I stumbled onto a couple tickets, and uh, we, I went to Nashville, that was the, um, that was the very first time was I got tickets to Garth's show at the Bridgestone. And, um, I think the show, that show was a Saturday night. So I'm dry. So we, I go down on Friday night and I, you know, I don't know anything about Nashville. Never been there before. You know, I've, I've heard all the stories. I know, you know, all the lore, but I've never been there before. And I'm driving into town and there's this huge like video billboard and it's got, um, uh, as I'm driving into town, it's got the Opry for that night on the billboard, wow. and it says Vince Gill, Grand Ole Opry. Well, I mean, you know, as we'll discuss, and as I've mentioned in the past, you know, Vince is one of my all-time favorites. So I just thought, you know, I had no clue how to get Grand Ole Opry tickets. I, I mean, you know, I was, <laughs> I was looking back. A different world back ten years. Yeah, ago. I mean, looking back, I was. It's just, it's bizarre. But I mean, I just thought, well, I didn't. I really didn't have anything planned on doing on that Friday evening I was gonna just try to probably go to Broadway and walk up and down and go in the bars but you know to get to go to the Grand Ole Opry with with Vince there I thought well you know I'm gonna at least try so we went to the hotel we checked in and then I thought the Grand Ole Opry was still downtown I had no clue that the that the Opry house was what do you think 10 or 15 minutes outside of town yeah yeah probably about 10 15 minutes yeah I mean it's it's not downtown anymore so I had to get over there and they just happened to have a couple. I got, I got like, I don't know if I got the last seats, but we were in the last row of the Opry House, and uh, I had no clue who was on the show other than Vince because he was the only one that was being advertised. So, I mean, I'm there, and I'm like, I mean, I have like, you know, it's that's it, that's one of those moments that like, I can remember what it smelled like, what it looked like, like being at the Op- Grand Ole Opry for the first time is like a for a country music fan is like going to, I mean, it's, you know, you, you don't really get any better than it's that. Like so going to your favorite football team, Super Bowl or something. Exactly. Yeah, Literally. exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. so Vince was there. Steve Warner was there, nice. but probably the most memorable moment of that night was, um, uh, little Jimmy Dickens came out and performed. And at the time he was the oldest performer. He was 93. He ended up dying just not that long after, um, we saw him, but little Jimmy is from West Virginia. And he and he had been a, a Grand Ole Opry member for like 65, 70 years. He actually has a statue outside of the Ryman now, yeah. um, but he was not advertised. So he came out, told a few jokes, sang one song. Cr- the crowd went insane because it was that was right after kind of he was in a lot of the Brad Paisley videos, and he had been he had done some skits with Carrie Underwood. So like everybody kind of knew who Little Jimmy was. And uh, I mean, he's like four feet. He was like four feet tall, ninety some years old, still so funny, still sounded great, and like, you know, just to get to see him and Vince at my first opera show, that was. Uh, and then 
that was the best moment of my first trip to Nashville. I mean, I, I got to see Garth the next night, but I don't really, I mean, I've seen Garth a few times, so I don't really have any vivid memories of that particular show with Garth. Um, but I remember that Opry, the Opry show, like it was yesterday. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's Good just such an know. awesome, awesome place. Get to see two of your top guys back to back in a weekend. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, yep makes yeah. it makes it worth it, man. But what about um, what about you, man? What was your your first uh, trip to Nashville like, or yeah, what I mean, what took you there? Well, my first trip it was for um, my wife and I's uh, wedding anniversary. We were gonna go to Nashville just for like a like a four day weekend, you know, type getaway and. Uh, my mother-in-law found out, and she was like, oh, and she knows that uh, we're big Luke Combs fans. She's like, oh, is Luke going to be down there at the Opry? And I was like, no, you know, he's not scheduled to be there that week. You know, we're, we might get some tickets to go to the Opry, but it's, I don't even remember who was going to be there. But she was like, well, why don't, why don't you uh, try to reschedule it when Luke's going to be there? And I was like, well, we've already got our hotel booked, and he didn't announce that he was going to actually be there, you know, blah, 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 until – after we booked the hotel and got the time off work and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, it, it's what, two weeks after you're scheduled to go? I was like, yeah, about two weeks. And she was like, well, see if you can, uh, you know, haggle those hotel dates and your vacation time and move it around a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'll, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I don't know why you're worried about it, but okay. <laughs> so, very thoughtful of you to, for us to, you know, want us to be able to see our favorite artists, but okay. But um, Anyway, so I was able to move the dates around, and she was like, well, let me know if you can move it around. So and I, we were able to, and she was like, okay, well, log in and uh, buy two tickets. I'm getting them for you guys for an anniversary gift. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and they were only on StubHub. The opera was sold out. So uh, she got us tickets in row BB, I believe. So that's like the second pew back at the Opry House. Oh, wow. But we were on the right side of the stage. So we were like two rows back on the right side of the stage, and uh, – that was an awesome gift. That was like super thoughtful and so nice, and we were so stoked and I forever thankful for that. But um, yeah, so that that was what took us there <laughs> for our anniversary, and we were able to see Luke at the Opry. Can um, there, yeah, I mean, this was at it was at the Opry House, not the Ryman, right? Opry yeah, House. I've actually never been to the Ryman. I mean, I've seen the, I've walked by the Ryman and like looked in it and things, but I haven't actually been to a show at the Ryman. Uh, both, oh man, both that's times. gonna that's gonna be on your on, that's on your bucket list it, right it, there. Yeah, it's on the bucket list. But uh, both times I've been to the Opry, it's been at the Opry House uh, outside of town. So. What did you do? You have like, I mean, the, the first time you went to the Grand Ole Opry, was it um, like, did you have um? Did you know the history of the Opry? Did you did you know just how important the Opry was to, to country music? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, and that and that's why we made it a point that we were gonna go regardless of who was really playing. Yeah. Um, and, but we, to be honest, we hadn't even really looked at the schedule because we knew we knew Luke wasn't gonna be there, and we were just like, whatever, we'll you know we'll go see a show and then just kind of spend some time hopping around the bars and restaurants and uh, on Broadway and things like that, but. Uh, yeah, definitely knew how important it was to country music, and it's funny that you, well, it's not funny, it was a horrible time for Nashville, when you were talking about the floods, though, um, when you go back, uh, you've been back since, they do that, like, pre-roll video where Carrie Underwood's talking about the when the floods happen and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's just ironic that you were down there around that time, and then <laughs> I went, you know, eight years later, and it's still a part of the Opry, and they talk about it, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the Opry, I mean, we, you know, we're... I'm sure we're going to talk about the Opry multiple times on, on this podcast. I mean, we love current country. We love, we love 90s country. We love the history of country. And the, the Opry really is kind of the, I mean, as you said, it's the longest running radio show in, uh, in American history. And it's, I mean, it, the, history, the history of the Opry and the history of the performers on the Opry and the history of the membership of the Opry really is kind of the, um, it's the glue that kind of, uh, connects all of Nashville and all of country music. So, I mean, the Opry is is such an important kind of just institution of Nashville. Yeah, most definitely, man. And all the people that are members and artists that get invited to go play, they just take it so serious. And it's like a kind of like when I was talking about Morgan going to SNL, this is like the moment where they look at themselves and like, I made it. Like, this is what they dream of to be inducted and you know, not everybody accepts the invitation or not everybody really wants to do it because they don't want to commit to doing all the shows that are required with being an opera member. But, yeah, um, you know, those that do commit and do get to perform there, they, they take it very serious and are honored to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen interviews before where, 
uh, Garth literally says that the, the the number one moment of his career when was when he was asked to be an Opry member. I think um, I think Luke has has said mm-hmm. very similar things. I mean, you know, Reba, Vince. I mean, it, you know, the biggest some of the biggest stars in country music hold the Opry so dear. You know, I mean, if if you're a member of the Opry. You get to play the Opry until the day you die. So it, you know, it's that's one thing very unique about country music is that, you know, country music does not kind of push their people away. Like if you're if you're in country music, specifically the Opry, you are a member for life. Which that's you know that's that's just that's so awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it was really cool the first time I we went because obviously Luke was there, uh, Kelsey Ballerini performed, Charlie Daniels performed, Bill Anderson performed. Oh, that's awesome! It, it was a, and there was a couple others. Oh, Craig Morgan was there. How could I forget Craig? Goodness, you had a that was a stacked lineup right there. It's like one or two, maybe one more. I think I cannot remember, but yeah, it was stacked and it was so incredible to see such a wide array of different generations of country music and different styles all in one night. And, uh, I mean, for those of you that don't know, at the Opry, most artists will play anywhere from, like, one to five different songs that they ha- that they have. So you get to really see a few, like, top hits from each artist that's scheduled that night, which is, you know, sometimes you can think of it as a letdown because you're like, oh, I only got to hear three songs by my favorite artist. Or you can look at it as, wow, I just got to hear three to five songs from all these phenomenal artists that are <laughs> Opry members. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... There have been times I've gone to the Opry, and my favorite moment of the night was from somebody that I had never heard of before. Um, the very that very first time that that or the I think the first time that I went to the Ryman, um, there was a there's a singer songwriter in Nashville. His name is Lucas Hogue, and he has a song called "The Power of Garth," and it's actually it's just a it's literally a song talking about just how how uh, powerful Garth's lyrics were and how powerful he was and how, and how much he meant to people. And I had never heard of this guy. I had never heard of the song. And he got a standing ovation. The place went crazy. And I've listened to that song hundreds of times since I, since I, I was there that night. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's always people on the Opry that are not big stars or, you know, maybe, maybe big in bluegrass or big in, you know, just different kind of genres of country music. And you get exposed to all of that when you go to the Opry. It's it's just such a cool place. Yeah, most definitely, man. What? Well, uh, how, how many times have you been to Nashville? Oh goodness. Well, I went in 2010, and then I didn't go again, probably for six or seven years, and then. But I've been three, three or four times. Actually, one of my one of my good buddies lives in Nashville now, so I, we have a uh, we have a we have a free place to stay. So that 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 helps out a lot. Plus, you know, just um, I mean, you know how much how much we love traveling and how much we love music. So once you go to Nashville, you uh, you you'll can't wait back. to go back. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be Absolutely. back for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be as 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 soon as the Bridgestone opens or as soon as there's a huge event, um, we're going back for sure. Yeah. I'm there. Count me in, especially after this year. Yeah. Um, so what's your? I mean, um, that was your first time, and yep. you've you've been back a couple couple more times, right? Yeah, I've been back twice since. So I've been in Nashville a total of three times. The second time was, you know, it's probably one of my favorite moments as a country music fan. Period. Um, it was for Eric Church's show at Nissan Stadium during the Double Down tour on May 25th of 2019. That that was just absolutely probably the best show it's hard to say the best show but top two to three show i've ever been to in my life and uh, the story behind that uh, my wife and i were gonna go and we just got i, I ordered some nosebleeds off uh, Ticketmaster for they were like 25 bucks a piece i'm like i don't even care if i'm in the very top row as long as i'm there yep and um Unfortunately, uh, my wife wasn't able to make it due to, uh, you know, babysitter situation and work schedule, I believe. And so I had to uh, find someone to go with. And my buddy Christian, you know, I asked him and he was down to go because he and he's not a real big country music fan, but he likes Eric Church a lot. And shortly after I bought the tickets, come to find out it was my other good friend, like my best friend, Corey. Uh, his bachelor party was going to be in Nashville that same weekend. Oh, that's good timing right there. Yeah, and he's like, hey, man, you got to come to my bachelor party. And I'm like, oh, crap, I've already got these tickets to this concert, and I'm, you know, I love you to death, but I'm not going to miss this. (laughs) (laughs) So 
Uh, we we drive. Down it shows where your priorities are, Joey. I know. What kind of friend am I, right? Oh, uh, no. But that's funny. Uh, so we basically drive down super early. We wake up that morning, Saturday morning. Uh, Christian, my buddy, and I. And we drive to Nashville, check into the hotel. We're, we're tired because we're like we just drove for like five five and a half hours and you know blah 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 and Corey is like hey man we've got an airbnb you got to come over and have some drinks with us we're just kind of hanging out and you know we're gonna hit the town while you guys are at the concert then we can meet back up after i'm like all right let's see how this goes so we go over there and have a few drinks you know do the whole bachelor party thing and we have a lift come pick us up and take us to nissan stadium and it was just insane how many people were outside of the stadium and because I had been checking Ticketmaster for like a couple weeks up until the show, and I'm like, God, there's still so many tickets left. I'm like, I hope that there's a huge turnout because if for those of you that don't know, the Double Down tour was where Eric did um, two shows in each city per weekend, and he did the show by himself with no opening act, and he he would go for three to four hours a night, just crushing it. So this was just a, a big moment for him in his career to play the first stadium show. First off, um, and especially by itself, well, you know, we the Lyft driver dropped us off or whatever, and you just see all these people. I'm like, I've never seen so many people at a country concert. This is madness. Well, you know, we, we get to our seats finally, whatever, and the, the seats just start filling up, filling up, filling up, and it actually broke Taylor Swift's attendance record at Nissan Stadium. I believe there was around 58,000 people. You, you may know the... That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, 58,000 people, I believe, showed out for that concert. And the energy there was freaking nuts. Eric went past 1 a.m. Oh, my (laughs) god. He went past 1 a.m. and just kept going, man. He was still amped up. And, you know, when he first came out, he gave kind of like a – after the opening song, which was uh, Drowning Man, he gave like a little speech about like – I forget the wording, but it was like, hell yeah, this is what it's about, blah, blah, blah. So – so cool, man. That that was an awesome moment to, to be able to see him achieve that uh, record, and hopefully it sustains for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would obviously I, I wasn't there, but I would think that that probably helped, or maybe was the reason um, that he won Entertainer of the Year. You think? I would say so. That I, show, I mean, that tour, obviously, but tour, that show really yeah. probably pushed it over the edge for him. I, I would agree with you, and that was the reason why I thought he should have won it in 2019 over Garth, and I, I believe I've said this on the show before, no disrespect to Garth, he's an absolute living legend of country music, but um, that that was why I believe 2019 was the year for Eric to win, but you know what, he's won one now, and that's that right. all that matters. <laughs> that's right. I mean, Eric is, he's the only, for one thing, he's the only person that, that has tried to do a full show with no opener. You know, three, like you said, three, three and a half, four, four hours long. I mean, that's yeah. that is crazy. I mean, yeah, the <laughs> intermission was only like twenty minutes, I think. Yeah. I mean, he would do a twenty minute intermission, you know, obviously, and come right back out for the second set and just crush it. And, and that's he, wild, man. And I've, we've talked about it before, but he just gets the crowd so engaged and involved and just like drawn in so well, and everybody's singing the lyrics, everybody's standing up, like. No one is just like sitting like a bump on a log at uh, an Eric concert, especially that one. Yeah, I mean, my experience from seeing shows in Nashville is that um, you're the the crowd in Nashville is always going to be one of the best crowds because you're, you're you're not only getting the people that live in Nashville, but you're getting the people like us that specifically go to Nashville to see the shows in Nashville. So the couple shows that I have seen in Nashville, either at the Bridgestone or at the Opry, it's some of the best, liveliest crowds that I've, that I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and if you, speaking of the Eric show, I went to, if you guys haven't seen like a picture of that crowd, just Google Eric Church Nissan Stadium show, and it was just a packed house. I mean, there were other artists there. Ashley McBride was there. Um, a couple of other artists were there. They didn't sing. They were there as fans <laughs> to watch. So It's wild, it was, isn't it, man? Yeah, it's so cool and good for him on that Entertainer of the Year award. He deserved it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the one of I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my notes because you know, pretty much every time you go to Nashville, you're going to make like crazy, amazing memories and you're going there for like a specific reason and there's a story behind it. At least that's when I look back at my trips to Nashville, there's always like, 
just something amazing that happens, you know? So mm-hmm. actually the first time that Lindsay and I ever went to Nashville, we got, we went, um, I don't know, it's probably been, oh, I think two, oh, it's been three years ago now, but they did, um, they did a, uh, a fundraiser for the Las Vegas, uh, relief after the, the shootings at route 91 yeah. and it was called country rising. And uh, it was at Bridgestone, and I mean the lineup that night was crazy. It was Aldine, Dirks Bentley, Sam Hunt, Lady A, Little Big Town, Martina McBride, Reba, Stapleton, and George Strait. Lord and, have uh, mercy. Yeah, it, I mean it was kind of, you know there, you know it was like uh, each artist did you know three or four songs, uh, but I just remember uh, like you're talking about the biggest stars in country music. And then at the very end, Garth was doing a show in Kansas City, and he came on the screen. He wasn't there, but he came on the screen and introduced George Strait as the king of country music. And, you know, George hasn't really done a ton of shows in the last three or four years, so there's probably a lot of people that haven't seen him or it had been years. And he came out at the very end, and he he did Amarillo by Morning and Troubadour. And, I mean... That's I've seen you know hundreds of shows in my life, and that's one of the five best moments that I've ever that I've ever had at a country concert. Like he followed the biggest stars in country music right now, and he was the biggest star of the night. Like when when you're in a stadium and George, or when you're in an arena and George Strait's singing Amarillo by Morning, that's that's about as good as it gets right there. Oh man, that's incredible! I would have loved to have been a show with that lineup. That's so awesome. We were on, we were in the last row on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I get good I get good tickets sometimes but sometimes I'm like you said I just want to be in the building like yeah. I don't yeah. I've never really cared about like being front row or you know I just want to be in the building and experience that that energy you know what I mean Absolutely man I, I mean I've been all over arenas and shows you know from the pit to the, the top of the, the the rafters so to speak and as long as you've got a seat in the house, man, that, that's all that matters. Everybody's there for the same reason, and just to be together, listen to live music, and uh, celebrate the the music with each other. And you know, some people get bent out of shape when you know I've seen different Facebook groups they get kind of PO'd when they don't get like pit tickets or you know floor seats, and those are great. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had my choice, I would definitely be in the pit or on in a floor seat. But I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be in the arena. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Man. That's all. That, that's yeah. all that should matter. Especially when when we get to again, I just want to be in the arena, man. I don't I just care. Just want to be there, standing yeah. in the top row, and there's not a seat left. <laughs> <laughs> just get me in there, you know. Oh, that's funny, man. Um, okay, so tell us tell tell us about uh, the time to Nashville that I want to hear the most about. Tell me <laughs> tell me about the the last time you went to Nashville. Man, so that was last year. Uh, Gosh, I'm, I'm having a uh, blank here. I think it was July when yeah. uh, July of 2019. It was when Luke Combs was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. I, I oh my goodness! To man. the Opry induction for Luke Combs, and I, I actually bought the ticket on a whim. They, they announced the date, and I immediately I was driving, and someone called me. I believe, or I saw a text pop up on my phone because I had my phone mounted on my uh, uh, dash, you know. Yep. And it popped up and was like. Uh, Luke's Opry date is da da da, and I was like, "Whoa, let me pull over real quick." So I pulled <laughs> over in a gas station parking lot, jumped on the Opry's website, and grabbed the ticket because uh, uh, it was a weekday, and you know, unfortunately, again, my wife couldn't get off work, and uh, with with having a younger child, it's just hard to situate those things. And she was like, "You know what? If you if you want to, I, I did call her first actually, and she was like, if you if you want to go, because I want to know if I need to get one or two tickets." And she's like, "If if you want to go with like a friend or something, I don't care. You you can just go because she's awesome." But um, so I got a ticket for myself, and no one could really go like that. I'm super close friends with. Yeah, we so, we weren't we were not super close yet, or I would have been there with you. Yeah, yeah, we we had I think we'd been talking on through like social media and stuff, but we hadn't actually uh, really hung out much or anything yet. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so I get the ticket. the The day comes, and I have I have no one to go with. <laughs> And my ticket is by myself, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. I, I just want to be a part of this moment in country music history. And, uh, you know, down the road, a bunch of Luke Combs fan club members, we, we actually all met up and had dinner together at the, oh, my gosh, I forget the name of the restaurant, but it's like the Aquarium Restaurant inside the mall across from the Opry House. Oh, yeah. 
There was yeah. probably like 10 to 15 of us that met up, and most of us had never met before, obviously, because we're all from different walks of life and different states, and, you know. So that was really cool to get to meet a lot of these people that you see on Facebook all the time and posting in the groups and the fan club and everything. But um, we had dinner together, took a bunch of pictures together, kind of hung out outside of the opera house beforehand. Um, but then the moment came when the show was starting and I had to <laughs> go to my seat. That was by myself, and it was so funny because I was sitting with a family that was there for, like, this big reunion. So everybody in this – and I was in, like, the nosebleeds for this one. I just grabbed a cheap ticket so I can make it into the show. I, again, the principle of being there and not caring about where you're at. Um, so I was in, like, the nosebleeds at the Opry House. And the row I was in, the whole row of the section I was in, and then almost the whole row beneath me was one big family. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and they were there for this reunion. And, uh, I think I was sitting like one, sitting next to one of the grandma and grandpas, and they were the, the sweet older couple. And uh, they they kind of were looking at me weird, like, you don't belong here. You're not in our family. <laughs> like, what are you, who are you? <laughs> and I'm just like looking at them that's like, awesome, man, man, this is so awkward, but I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Even, that's if right. I, even if I'm singing this by, these songs by myself, which I was. And it was after uh, Vince Gill had, you know, Vince Gill was there. Um, Joe Diffie, rest in peace, yeah. he was rest there. Rest in peace, man. Uh, Luke. Uh, Dustin Lynch showed up for the induction. He didn't actually perform. Yeah, Craig, Craig Morgan Craig was there. Craig Morgan was there. Yeah. Uh, I think Mar- uh, Mark Wills, Chris Mark Jansen. Mark Wills there was, was there and Chris yeah. Jansen, yep. I yeah. mean, there were so many people there. And, um, you know, it was probably after Vince Gill performed when – the grandma and grandpa next to me were like, man, you know all these songs, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, I get it. yeah, luckily. <laughs> and they were like, who are you here with? And I was like, actually, I came by myself, and I was with a bunch of the fan club members, but our tickets are all scattered throughout the, the venue. And they were like, that's so cool. Where are you from? And I was like, and it's really hard to explain where I'm from, so I just say Cincinnati, but because um, I'm in a, from a small town in between Cincinnati and Dayton, as you know. And they're like, oh, okay, that gosh, that was like a pretty far, you know, drive for you. And I'm like, oh, it's about five hours. And they're like, oh, that, well, that's not too bad. They're and like, oh, and no. Joey, you you drove down and then you drove back, right? Oh yeah, I was getting to that part. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. that that shows the dedication right there. That yeah. is that is and, dedication. Yeah. So you know, got to see all these great artists perform. Got to be there for Luke getting inducted. His little speech that he gave, and I mean, it was such an incredible experience i'm so glad i got to be a part of that just to see luke playing in bars to very small arenas to large arenas and then being inducted into the grand Ole opry has been a cool thing as a fan uh, but yeah the opry concluded and i hit the road to get back to ohio <laughs> oh my goodness immediately man. and i think i got home it was probably like <laughs> four o'clock in the morning roughly when i got home and i just crashed it was absolutely nuts but such a, a such a cool experience and such a great memory, right? Yeah, so thankful that I went. Yeah, I I mean, I can't remember. Probably just because I had something going on at work, but I'm sure I looked at it and contemplated getting getting tickets, but I I didn't, and I I regret it. I definitely regret it. I wish I. I mean, that's a that's a like you said that's a that's a that's a big moment in the history of Luke's career and just in the history of country music. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so thankful I had the opportunity to go, and definitely something I'll never forget, you know. And being able to see Joe Diffie also, you know, we lost him this year, unfortunately, and just being able to see him sing live again was pretty cool, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some years the Opry will ask three or four people, some some years they only ask two people. I mean, the to get asked to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry rare. There are people that have played the Grand Ole Opry 50, 100 times and are not members of the Grand Ole Opry. Um, and it's super rare for somebody to get asked as early in their career as Luke was. Um, but Luke embraced the Opry from like the second that he moved to Nashville. Like the Opry, the Opry was, was and is and will always be important to Luke. And uh, I'm sure that they, uh, I mean, that's a, like you said, most of the time, other people don't just show up to the induction. So, I mean, I think the other artist in Nashville knew how important of a night that was. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's been playing at the Opry since, what, like 2016 or 17? Yeah, I think they said that he had already played the Opry almost 20 times before he was asked to be a member. Uh, yeah, and I've heard that, like, every time he was asked to go, he just did it. Like, every time, as, as you know, with his schedule willing, anyway. 
Yeah. Um, it's just a, a quick quick memory. We were we were living at our other house when he was asked, which was probably like April or May of that year, and he had they had made a big deal out of it. He was doing back to back shows and um, they back then they didn't live stream the Opry on YouTube, but they but you could go on the Opry app and listen to the Opry live. And I just had a feeling all day that they were going to ask him. They were going to ask him. This was the time. They were going to ask him. And <laughs> I remember it was, it was you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, whatever time it was when he was performing. And when John Conley came out and then uh, Craig Morgan and Chris Jansen came out and asked him, I was like losing my mind in my living room. I was so excited, <laughs> so excited for Luke. I don't, that's, it just, uh, to see to see younger artists embrace the Opry is just it's just cool. I just I really like that about Luke and some of the other people that have embraced it. Most definitely, and you know the the video that came out of him being asked was super cool too because he was just hit with like a ton of bricks of emotion. You know, and you yeah, could tell that just meant a lot to him. And even when he was inducted, you could just tell that he t- holds it very near and dear to his heart. And yeah, definitely an iconic moment in uh, country music period and my country music fandom being able to go to that but my, it's all my, so cool man yeah all my close friends called me crazy like you're crazy man you're <laughs> five and a half hours to see some guy in a fishing shirt get inducted to a grand old opry like what but hey man that's why that's why we're sitting here doing this podcast yeah the, the, everybody's got their thing and uh, country music just happens to be ours so that's right man that's right that the my last trip to nashville was actually when I got to see Luke, I, I saw Luke on the Opry at the Ryman, and then I ran across the street and saw him headline Bridgestone in the same night. <laughs> I remember and, uh, you telling me about that. I, I haven't been able to confirm this yet, but I don't think anyone has ever done that before. I don't think anyone has ever performed on the Opry and headlined the Bridgestone in the same night. I think Luke is the only artist in the history of country music to do that. Um, and it was the closing night of the tour. Yeah. Um, so... I, like I barely remember because we were it was so frantic. Like we literally went and saw the first segment of the Opry. Luke finished, and then we ran literally across the street because Ryman, the Ryman is right across the street from the Bridgestone. Yeah. And Morgan Morgan was opening, and he was already like we we missed Jameson, and Morgan was already halfway through his set by the time we got over there, oh, and uh, and then we saw <laughs> and then we saw Luke perform. I mean it's. <laughs> It was a hectic, hectic evening, but you know, just another one of those memories that we'll we'll never forget. Yeah, I remember talking to you that that day and night, and then the next day after, you were just telling me how crazy it was and frantic, and how but still how awesome of an experience it was. Yeah, we got up and walked out of the Opry, and I'm thinking like nobody gets up and walks out of the Grand Ole Opry, right. and Ricky Skaggs was performing, oh, and like geez. we we literally like hunched down and like snuck out the back door because <laughs> i felt so bad about leaving yeah but well, it makes just you had you... had to get across the street oh yeah well it makes you wonder if you guys are the only ones or if there were other like well I, I think there was um i know that there was at least two other people because um i've seen them post in bootleggers um okay. about it and they were actually sitting like right in front of Lindsay and i so i know that there were at least a, a couple more but there there couldn't have been many i know there weren't yeah. many and I, now that you mention it, though, about doing playing the Ryman and then going and playing Bridgestone, I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody doing that in the past. Yeah, I mean it's nothing. It's wild, nothing man. comes off the top of my head anyway. I'd have to look into it, but I don't. That's pretty crazy. Pretty awesome. It is. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. I bet um, he was drained after that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And like I said, it was the last show of the of the tour, and I'm sure that they were just exhausted after that. Oh yeah. What What is your uh, Obviously, other than like the Ryman or the Grand Ole Opry, but what is like one of your favorite spots to go to in Nashville or like a restaurant or bar? Well, almost every time I've ever been to Nashville, um, we always eat at this little Italian place. It's about two blocks up from Bridgestone. It's called Demos, and they actually closed in the middle of the uh, of the um, quarantine. So it's just that it was just this little mom and pop Italian place, and every single time I was there, you. You had to wait like a half an hour just to get in this place. Like, um, so it's it really took me back and like shocked me when I when I heard that they announced that they that they were closing down. So uh, I'm gonna have to find a new a new restaurant to eat at. I mean, I love any you know anywhere up and down Broadway. All the honky tonks are awesome to, awesome to go into. Um, you know, there's probably people singing in those honky tonks that are more talented than than 
it, half the people on the charts. Like every yeah. there's live music everywhere in Nashville. It is everywhere you turn. There's live music. Yeah. You can just walk up and down Broadway and hear with all the open like windows to the bars and doors and stuff, just all the different musicians playing in all the bars. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to th- the only other place that I can vividly remember is you know, one of my all time favorite artists is uh, Randy Travis. And he was discovered, he was a cook at the Nashville Palace. And the Nashville Palace is actually over um, near the Opry. You can actually see the Opry from uh, from from the Nashville Palace. Willie, Willie's Saloon and the Nashville Palace are right beside each other. And he was a cook at the Nashville Palace. And then he would get up on stage and sing at the end of the night. And he was discovered there. And we got to we got to stop in there. And there's pictures of Randy all over the walls. And there's like you know the the story is kind of written on the wall and stuff. And it's just you know everywhere, almost everybody in Nashville was discovered at a at a honky tonk or at a. Uh, you know, at a bar or, you know, just, you know, they're, they've all played those places, the Bluebird, you know, just all those places, um, Tin Roof, all those places. That's where, that's where all these people really cut their teeth and really, you know, were performing before they got, uh, before they got big. Yeah, most definitely, man. There, there's a ton of iconic and historical spots down there. Where yeah, I mean, what are, what are some of your favorites there, man? You know, uh, when I went with my wife uh, for our anniversary a couple of years ago, we, we went to as many bars and restaurants as we could. <laughs> oh, that's cool, And man. we actually bar hopped one night. Um, it was funny because we would go into one bar, have one drink, and then walk to the next bar, have a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because we wanted to go to as many as we could. Oh, uh, so you hit you hit all you hit a bunch of them then. Oh yeah, and it was funny because I was trolling <laughs> on Facebook. I would check into every single bar that I was at as soon as I got there. <laughs> And it, That's it, awesome, it, man. It actually popped up in my memories a, a month or so ago. Well, yeah, a little over a month ago because uh, October was just last month on Facebook. And it was like Joey Rice and, you know, Tandis checked into Tootsie's Bar, checked into Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row. and <laughs> old, old Red and uh, old, yeah, Tin Roof. Jason and Aldean's restaurant. There. We went there. We went to Luke's 32 Bridge restaurant. Um, one of my favorite. I'm a sucker for hard rock cafes. Every oh, every yeah. city I go to that has one, I always make a point to go. That that's one of my favorite restaurants, and that's kind of like a chain deal. So I hate to like pick that, but you know that that's probably my favorite uh, restaurant. I, I really liked Aldine's restaurant; it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, for people that don't know, uh, Broadway is what I mean. It's it's probably not even what is, is it a mile? It's probably not even a mile long. And it's not, not it's very not, nice. it's like yeah, I mean, jam packed with, yeah, jammed pack, like just honky tonk after bar after restaurant. And it's bright lights, loud, like people everywhere. It's exactly what you would think of if you, if you would think of what, what it would be like. Yep. I, and, uh, gosh, uh, Dirk Bentley's Whiskey Row. I really like that bar actually. And a good buddy of mine from high school lives down in Nashville and plays in a rock band and they were performing that night at Whiskey Row, so that was really cool. I got to talk to him for a little bit. Oh, that's cool, man. And uh, I mean he's been he's a he's a drummer and he's been not to get too far off topic, but he's been playing the drums since we were in like the first grade. So um, he, he lives in Nashville and uh, was playing that night. So that was really cool. Um Tootsie's didn't really do it for me. I know it's such a historic bar, and like so many big names have came through there and played there. Did have you been there before? Uh, I've you know I've I've walked in all of those most of those historic places just because I wanted to see it, but I, I don't even think I've ever got a drink at Tootsie's because it's usually kind of dingy and <laughs> it's yes. it's yes. not like the new Nashville. It's like it's like old school yeah. Nashville. And it was real, and not to disrespect the the owners or the employees or the patrons in any way, but it it was just real dirty, you know, and it looked real dirty on the inside when we went in, and the drinks were like outrageous. I can't even I can't remember how much it was, but I got my we ordered, gosh, two shots and a beer, I think, and it was just like so expensive. I was like, oh my god, and I'm like, I know this is a tourist spot or whatever, and. Like one of the most iconic bars in town that you can visit, but I'm like, this this place isn't really worth this. I'm going back to Whiskey Row. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but man. it was cool to be there, and it was cool to walk in the same place that all those names have played, and um, definitely cool to experience it. You know. Have you ever Have you ever been over to where the Bluebird Cafe is? I haven't. No, I haven't. We I didn't get a chance to, and. The other two times I've been uh, for their church concert, we we went we found some little like hole in the wall burger joint, and then 
ordered some pizza to our hotel afterwards because we were only there for one night. Yeah. And then for Luke's opera induction, I was obviously there for just one day. I didn't even spend the night in Nashville. I was literally there and only ate at that aquarium cafe, and that was all the time I really had. So I haven't had a chance to get over that way. Yeah, I have. I've been over there, but I have not been in the Bluebird. I mean, it's tiny, so they do they do songwriter rounds in the evenings, but it's almost impossible to get a ticket. So I've been over there because I mean that's where Garth was discovered, that's where Taylor Swift was discovered, but I have never been inside. So that's definitely on my on my Nashville bucket list to try to to try to get in there. Tin, tin roof in Nashville is pretty cool. We went there. I really like that because we've got a tin roof in Cincinnati as well. Oh, that's and, cool. So it was it was cool to go to one in Nashville. Very similar vibe. Nothing nothing really different. Just the fact that it was in Nashville kind of made it special. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the deal, Joey. Sometime in 2021, we are going to Nashville. We got we're, to. Yeah, we're we're gonna make it to Nashville sometime next year when things get a little a little less crazy. You and I are gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it to Nashville together. Yep, it's, it's a must, yep. and uh, we'll make sure to tell you guys all about it. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, man, I, th- those are probably my favorite spots and uh, memories of Nashville. You got anything else you want to throw in tonight? Oh, I'm trying. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, well, the only other thing that I had written down that is really cool was um, most of the record companies in the in the studios are on one road, kind of music yeah. row, yep. and uh, RCA Studio A, which is where uh, um, the the double album that Stapleton put out a couple years ago was recorded there. And uh, that's where Elvis did all of his recording and like, you know, huge, all, all, like probably half of the classic recordings that we know. So it was just cool to, to just walk by there. And then um, actually where uh, it's called Allentown Studios now, but uh, it's actually owned by Garth. And it's the, it's, it's the studio that Garth recorded all of his early stuff at. So we got to walk past there, didn't get to go in but it's just cool to to just walk right up and down the street where like all of these all of this music that we've loved our whole lives is just recorded in these little buildings. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing fancy. It's just like I mean, half of them look like little houses. Like they do. It's crazy, man. Yeah, we we drove up and down. Uh, we went up the one <laughs> the one way and then flipped around and came back to look at all the uh, studios. And it, yeah, you're right. And a lot of them do look like little houses. And yeah. we we when we were driving by, we saw. Um, like a, I don't know if it was DoorDash or Uber Eats or something. Like somebody was delivering food to one of them, and we were like trying to creep really slow to see if it was like a, like an art, like a famous artist that was going to open the door. <laughs> That's awesome. We recognize them. We were just being creeps, but that's um, funny. Yeah. So yeah, that you you made a good point there. That was really cool to see too, because they're, they're all just kind of on this one little strip. Yep. Kind of almost looks like a little neighborhood. Doesn't yeah, it? I agree. Yeah, yeah it looks absolutely. Like, it's like a little neighborhood, and it's like, wait, these are studios? Like what? Which some <laughs> of them are obviously bigger buildings and like fancier, I guess would be the term. But uh, definitely, definitely a cool experience. If you guys haven't been to Nashville and you have the opportunity, definitely uh, make the trip. And uh, oh, another actually, one of my other favorite places to go, and it is country music related. It was the Country Music Hall of Fame. Did you get to go through that? Oh yeah, yeah. Every Amazing. I think every time I've been to Nashville, like except for when I've blown in and out for a concert, like kind of like you have, I've, I've yeah. made it, uh, I've made it over to the, to the hall of fame. Cause it's, it's awesome. Don't you think? Oh my gosh. You, you could spend days in there and, and before you'd see every single thing, like and yeah. actually read about it and learn about it. Yeah. I mean, day, we, days. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, we loved it. Uh, it. It was on our anniversary trip when we got to go and man, it was so cool. And just to see all those, like it kind of like the, it was at the modern era part of the museum. Where yeah. they've got like Florida Georgia Lines outfits, Eric Church's boots, Luke Combs PFG shirt. Um, I think they yeah they got like the, the last time we were there they had Stapleton's guitar and jacket that he wore on Traveler, and yeah like Luke's uh, Luke's like original guitar was there for a while. I don't know if it's still there or not. Yeah, and then uh, they had like his lyrics to Luke's lyrics that she got the best of me. I think when we went. Yeah, I think they switched it up for better together. Better I think together. somebody just posted a posted a picture of that recently. Yeah, yep, I saw that. And they had uh, Eric Church's boots from when he first kind of moved to town that inspired that the song "These Boots." Oh, that's cool, man. So those were cool. I took a crap ton of pictures and <laughs> something that I thought was cool. They had Eric and Luke's stuff right next to each other because it was that's like right. the. It was like I forget the name of the exhibit. It was like the the then and now kind of thing. Yeah, and it had Eric and it had Luke because that was when Luke was still kind of up and coming. You know, he he obviously was huge, but not where he's at now. 
and that, I thought that was pretty damn cool. Did you go in the uh, in the rotunda there at the very end where they got the plaques of oh, everybody's yeah. face that's actually inducted? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I took a ton of yeah. pictures in there too. <laughs> it's so cool, man. Yeah, it's yeah. so 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 cool. Yeah, that's another spot. If you guys uh, get a trip, get a chance to go on a trip to Nashville, definitely go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, you will not regret it seeing all those artifacts. I mean, the, the place is huge, and they've just got so many things. They, they had, like, one of Elvis's cars in there. <laughs> I mean, Garth Brooks's cool, whatever. I mean, they had, like, a – God, was it Trisha Yearwood? I think it was Trisha Yearwood's uh, job application or something in there. <laughs> like, it was just crazy. I, yeah, I, and they have – I mean, they, they rotate the stuff all the time. Like, they yeah, have a ton oh, of yeah. stuff that's, like, that they keep in storage. So, like – you literally could go once a year, and you would feel like you were going for the first time because they have so much history of country music there. Mm-hmm. And when we went, the big exhibit was uh, on the Judds, so that was pretty cool to see all that stuff. Yeah, we won't get into that because the Judds are not <laughs> inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, and they are at the top of my list of acts that should be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. So they, that's weird that, they, that they've done an exhibit on them, but they have not inducted them yet. Very weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, really weird. But, but yeah, I, I think that's all I've got, man. Unless you've got anything else for tonight, I think I'm good, man. We, I mean, we could talk all night about Nashville, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll we'll save more for later. But yeah, I think I think we're good, man. Yep. And by the time you guys hear this episode, Thanksgiving may be over. It's tomorrow. It may not be over, but either way, Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all and your families have a great holiday. If you guys aren't following us on social media, go check us out. Just search Bro Country Podcast on Facebook. Join our group, like our page. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Bro Country Pod. And thank you so much for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Until next time, keep it country and take care of each other.